everyone, welcome to another episode of Arena Talks. Today we will talk about Cobra Kai and my guest today is Eve. As in this note, I just have a new family member which is a puppy sprocker spaniel, so you can hear puppy noises in the background. 34 years after events of the 1984 Old Valley Karate Tournament, a down and out Johnny Lawrence seeks a redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai Jojo, reigning in his rivalry with a now successful General LaRusso. Well guys, let me introduce you to Eve, she is one of my regular guests in this podcast, so hello Eve. Hi. Hi, hi. Um, well, welcome. And um, you said that before we began this recording, you are a big fan of Cobra Kai. Very much. <laughs> Even uh, almost equivalent as in a fan of Star Trek. Yeah, I actually share a birthday with two of the actors as well. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so what is she? Uh, how? Have you become a fan from Cobra Kai? Does it mean something to you? Is it do you associate yep. it something with? Yeah, it actually does have meaning for me. Um, because I mean, the first Karate Kid movie came out before I was even born. But um, when I took karate in high school, because I was homeschooled, so I took karate for my like gym credits. Um, our sensei at the time, he was a huge fan of the Karate Kid movies and a lot of Mr. Miyagi's sayings. So he used to make us, like, get us to watch these movies. And um, as somebody who was, like, not athletic, you know, ha I'm book smart, but I'm not physically active smart. Um, it was, you know, I'd always had trouble in gym and... I remember my sensei saying on the first day that I would actually probably do really well in karate because it was more mental than physical. True. And so I watched the movies and I became a huge fan of the movies. And I mean, they're pretty iconic. I mean, everybody knows the, you know, no mercy. Mercy is for the weak. Everybody knows the crane kick. Like it's become a huge part of pop culture. Um and then, so when the Cobra Kai show came out at first, I was kind of like, uh, I don't know if I'm going to like this. Like, is this going to be another one of those? I had the same reaction. Yeah. I had the like, same reaction. Like, yeah, uh, you I, know, I, I, I was like, is this going to be like tired actors rehashing from 30 years ago? Or is this going to be like something really cool? And after I watched the first episode, I basically binged. Like, I had yeah. to watch like... It, and I'm I, I'm dying right now, waiting for the next season yeah, because I've got to know what happens. You know, I had to say reaction. I was thinking, oh, dude, this it have to be good, otherwise it's gonna be a flop, and everyone will say uh, nap. But it was actually so good that I was I couldn't stop watching. I couldn't yeah, stop watching. I mean, you you like they've really done like the I. Well, I got to meet uh, Marty Cove, who plays John Kreese, this year at Calgary Expo. He's one of the actors I share a birthday with. Um, and I have to admit, for 76, the man's in excellent shape. And yeah. he he's super nice. He is totally not like his character. Um, but he said that um, any of the original actors in the show, of the three of them, because, of course, uh, Pat Morita passed away, yeah. he said that all of all of the three of them actually have a hand in writing and like developing their characters oh, and how good. they want their characters to go. Good. So I think that could be part of the reason why it's so good because we've got the people who literally had to be the characters showing us what they think the characters would be like down the road. And I mean, we've got Daniel isn't totally good, mm. but he's aware of it. Yeah. You yeah, know, he yeah. mentioned his temper. You've got Johnny, who at this point you can't help but start to feel a little like you can't feel totally sorry for him, but mm. you feel like some sympathy yeah, for him yeah, at this yeah, point. Yeah, 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 And that's what, what my first reaction on that was when Johnny came back. I was thinking, oh no, not this, this 
Yeah. Well, like, uh, you know, and but his character was so developing more and with his feelings and of course finding out his son and when his son um get into cobra kai i was thinking oh no don't do that please don't do that and you know and that's what i like about the series as well the kids in it they have a similar um uh, have to go similar rightfully like in the movies mm-hmm. and it yeah. is nice that they come back with um the old gang, if I can say it like that, like yeah. Russo, Johnny, and Silver, and um, what's his name? But it's nice to see that they really make a good after story about that. Yeah, I I really like that and how like brought in as many of the old characters. Like I know one of the original Cobra Kai guys from the '80s has passed on or whatever. And so they wrote that into the show and getting to see like how Johnny's old gang was mm. like where they ended up. I mean, when one of them was a priest, I'm like, that reminded me of the South Park episodes dealing with COVID where in the future Cartman becomes a rabbi and you actually start to feel like Cartman is human after all. So getting to see the one who, you know, has become a priest and Johnny goes to him seeking help, you know, and that whole boys road last road trip they did and everything like I thought that yeah, was a yeah, really yeah. great. Yeah, I like that, too. And especially when um, when he accepted not only his father, but also the child of his girlfriend. I can't remember her name right now, but um, it's really it's also had a it shows you nowadays life. Mm-hmm. And how the rivalry is still there. And I mean, also like the kids in their own dojo now are rifles. And um, what I like this also, it's, it's, it's in that way, good rivalry. But also mm-hmm. like um, this is what nowadays also plays, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I. Um, I have to say, too, like, I was wondering how they would treat, like, Mr. Miyagi, because, of course, they don't have him. I'm like, please don't, like, CGI him in or do something tacky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have, I have to say, I really like how they've done it. It's not, like, super in your face. It's what you'd expect, you know. He's got still got pictures. He's still got the old place. He goes in, he visits the grave, and he still talks to him. So mm-hmm. it's nice knowing that, you know... Mr. Miyagi, you know, they treated his passing like nicely because sometimes they tend to kind of do it the wrong way in the shows. Because, I mean, it feels weird without him, but I think that also adds to Daniel's character that he's not there anymore. Mm, Yeah, yeah. And I think also that it makes Daniel thinking of his own part, his own rules. And you see that after so many years, he come back to the dojo and starting his meditation again and his breathing and his martial arts. And uh, what I really love about that is that also how he um, get into with the children. And I was thinking about that. Okay, we got first Johnny and... Uh, Daniel still against each other, but they have found a way to working together. Mm-hmm. And not only working together, but they help each other in what they have to process still. Yeah, like I think that's nice because I think they're starting to find out they have more in common than they do not in common. And um, I mean, there was also like I get the sense that they they hadn't really been in touch or even really crossed paths much until Johnny's car, and even without knowing the situation, I mean Daniel was sitting there going like, "Dude, like I'll hook you up, you know. Let's not make a big deal out, you know. Let's not, you know, mm. it's over. Let's just let's just do this and everything." And you know, even though he didn't know at the time it was his his own daughter was involved. But yeah, but I get the sense that he'd kind of been more like Johnny was out of sight, out of mind until that moment. So it was nice that it wasn't like he carried like this hatred for so many years. Mm, mm, yeah. 
I and I mean, it's a... nice too. They framed it as more like a PTSD thing as to why he's getting mm. so upset because somebody like like I was bullied badly in school. So for me, I still get that. Like I'll see like something on social media about just unintentionally about somebody who bullied me, and it's like it all you know it starts making me angry and everything else. Mm. And so I kind of you know that part to me spoke a lot. You know, he he he's put it behind him until it all came back. Yeah, yeah. And I think you could see uh, also on him is that there was still that little uh, thing that he still had to process. And in that way, uh, Johnny helped him that way. And the mm-hmm. uh, what I, in that way, uh, I love to, see, what I was uh, love to see was that when they were uh, working together, and Cleese and Silver were working together to get the kids uh, uh, for the tournament. Um, you could see in how changed they were and how they started to see um, who was really the influence of them thinking like that. And Mr. Miyagi was the one who brought peace in mm-hmm. and calmness in Daniel's life was also in uh, the other life. Uh, talking about those four characters, um, mm-hmm. what do you think how they developed in this series? I have to say they've all pretty they've all developed really well. I mean, this time we're seeing things almost more from Johnny's perspective a lot of the time as opposed to Daniel's, and I mean it's not unreasonable that that would be the path his character would take. But we also see him doing a lot of growing up along the way this time. Um, And I do like that he's kind of an unintentional comic relief at points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just the way he is, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then Daniel, you know, it's nice that while Daniel's got this good life, like we know he worked hard and he earned it. And um, knowing that, you know, you know, his kids aren't perfect, you know, and, you know, because his kid, especially Anthony at the start, there is kind of a little brat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And seeing that he recognizes more than once in the show, like, yeah, I've always been a hothead. You know, yeah, I've done this wrong. Like when he was taking in Johnny's son without knowing it was Johnny's son, mm. you know. And I mean, Silver, we haven't seen as much development with, but I think we're going to get a bigger idea. Crease, though, it was nice to see what really what was really in Crease's past because yeah. we knew he was Vietnam War veteran. Yeah. Um, but we didn't really know anything that happened. And then him finding out his girl died and what a miserable life he had going in. And so the army was all he had and how it changed him. Like to me, that was good because it gave us a sense of why he became what he was silver though. Like I say, we haven't seen much other than he was, I don't know if he was just faking it or what the whole high class, you know, lifestyle, like he was always I think rich. That was, I think that was fake because in the end, you see what his really thoughts were and he was still the old silver. Yeah, because he, I mean, he was always wealthy, but at the same time, I also remember in the third Karate Kid, he's sitting in a hot tub talking about dumping, dumping toxic waste in a third world country because they won't know what it is, mm. you know? Mm. And so I get the sense that it shows him as being a true psychopath mm. instead of what, like, before where he was just the villain, so we didn't need to know much. But we're yeah. seeing him as, like, a true psychopath it, and seeing even his bit of war experience that he was kind of the weak one in the platoon for lack of a better word, you know, I have to wonder if that's what turned him into a psychopath because he doesn't want to be seen that way again. Mm. Maybe. But it, yeah. I did find him turning on Crease interesting. Yeah, I was thinking that too. And I was thinking also like, do you really want to do that to your longtime friend and hikeman and officer of officer? And and what are you doing? You know, and in 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 the last few episodes, you really saw that um, 
Silver, uh, what his really, really wanted. And yeah. he still was, he went farther than Chris. Like in yeah. telling the kids, etc. And um, what I was uh, experienced still with him is that he was really uh, manipulating people around him. Yeah, and... which is what we saw in the third Karate Kid, how he manipulated everyone. He yeah. manipulated Daniel. He even manipulated Mr. Miyagi. Like, yeah, this is a man who truly, like, he's truly dangerous. Like, Kreese was bad, but Kreese mm. is nowhere near as dangerous as yeah. Silver. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Kreese is the guy you'll lose a bar fight to every time you see him, but Silver's the kind of guy who, you know, seems to hold grudges for eternity, and he's willing yeah. to take, be patient and do... Like a Klingon, revenge is served, best served cold. <laughs> Silver, if anything, is very much serving his revenge cold. Um, so let's talk about the kids' character. Is there any of the kids' characters that you say, I like that one, or I can identify with that kid, or... Um, I would say Miguel is definitely one of my favorites. I mean, we do see a lot of him, but to me, he reminds me in a lot of ways, like Daniel, you know, and Johnny taking him on. And that's, again, where we see a big change in attitude, because at the beginning, Johnny's pretty dismissive of him. And he even, like, makes comments about all you Mexicans or something really racist. Mm. But later on, when I think it's Crease makes fun of miguel uh, miguel's nationality he's like he's honduran or whatever the actual nationality mm. is you know and but seeing like the whole like how miguel is and miguel really does remind me in a lot of ways like daniel you know he's fatherless mm. he's trying to find his way in the world yeah you know he's He's actually, like, the actor is really, really good. And he's got some really good, like, emotional range. Hmm. More so. Um, yeah, that's what I, I will... also liked about it, is that how Johnny changed from that racist to a real father to him. And yeah. that he was really putting the effort in to be a father for him. And then later, later for his son, that he was going and going and going because... He wanted this, and exactly when when Miguel found out that his father, the biological father, was a real danger, yeah, um, and that he could count on Johnny and um, I forgot his name, but that he really could count on them, and I think that is one of the uh, greatest storylines in the series. Yeah, just not only. The rivalry uh, between dojos, but also uh, be between between the kids, and also like um, uh, yeah, Johnny being a real father now. Yeah, he. It's like he's really taking to this kid, and he really wants you know to. He really cares about him, and that's even before he's dating the mother. You know, he just mm. really cares about him. And then the other one that I find, I one of the other ones I find I really like is Hawk. Eli, yeah. because, well, one, again, that's the other actor I share a birthday with, <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's, he's one that we see a lot of development too. Like he's bullied yes. because he's, he's different. He's got that scarf because he had the, um, the he's, hair lip yeah. from when he, or the split palette when he was born. And like, you know, I work with kids who have special needs and disabilities and stuff. So kids who get bullied for something that isn't their fault you know, like he is, mm. um, to me that really hit home, but we really see him evolve because he goes from being like this scared, bullied child to being somebody who's a little too, you know, he's a almost a little too overpowered without the maturity mm. to go along with it. And then we see him kind of come back more to the middle and he becomes more balanced. Mm. So we really see him do a lot of growth. And just as a funny part, somebody pointed out online that as his personality changes and his, like which side he's on, his mohawk changes color. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> but not you only know. that, because in the end, 
He had no mohawk, if I'm correct. Yeah. And then you have, um, you know, both seeing him and Miguel, how they get more, begin to get more confidence, even when they're getting confidence that's misplaced. But the fact that they start getting more confidence, they're able to approach the girls. They're able to, you know, start standing up for themselves and starting to stand for themselves. Although I am questioning how he got those tattoos, because last I checked, the U.S. is, you know, another place where you have to be a certain age to be getting tattooed. <laughs> so I have to wonder if it's just because they're in California and maybe you can find people who will do it there. I don't know, but... I was like, how is, he getting that big how is he getting that big tattoo? You know, like Somewhere in the back alley. <laughs> but, you know, seeing and seeing the like how tight the bond is between Miguel and Hawk, you yeah. know, like yeah. those two truly have each other's backs. Because yeah. even when they were on different sides, they didn't want to fight with each other. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I think you know, that was not something they wanted. No, but I think that is, you see how true friendship is. And I think a lot of children these days don't know that anymore. And, you know, in my way, they, you could see, and I always uh, uh, take this example, like, uh, also, like, why can't, for example, a Gryffindor and a Slytherin not be friends? Mm-hmm. And you see, Hawk and um, Miguel were in two opposites uh, of in uh, character Jojo dojos, and uh, they were still were good friends. So yeah, and I have to say, like, um, I, I she she to me, I'm going to use the example of Kai Win. She's so well played that you can't help but hate her most of the time. Mm. But the show would definitely not be the same without her. Yes. Tori. Yes, indeed. Like that actress, I mean, the fact that, you know, you get the sense right from the get go, like you can just feel like the, yeah. the, the, not, not just the pain, but the hate and the anger. Like she's angry at the entire world all the time, no matter what. But also. Know? Oh, she also struggled with uh, yeah. being good or being bad. Yeah, especially when she found out about the cheating and stuff. And she, I did like that she was try basically tried to suck it up and go to Samantha and tell her what happened. Mm. I mean, I also get why Samantha freaked out on her at that point, but yeah, um, but yeah, like the actress, um, she played like Peyton List. She plays that role so well. Like yes, you know. You, she, she's just like Kai Wynn. She's just so believable in the role, you, you know, that you just, you kind of love to hate her a little bit. Mm. And um, probably, and I'm, I'm going to bet that in real life, she's probably the nicest person ever, but <laughs> that's usually how it goes. But yeah, she just does that role like extremely well. Yeah. And I mean, her and Samantha have the same type of energy between them and animosity that Daniel and Johnny did. Mm. So I like that kind of mirroring that we have that kind of extreme energy. You know, you can just feel that these two can't stand each other. Yeah, and also like, and, and that was what I uh, want to come back on. Uh, the two ladies of da the wife of Daniel and the mm -hmm. girlfriend of Johnny, I like them. I really mm -hmm. loved them. How strong and energetic they were in their appearance, and even could say to the, the uh, to the husband, um, "Nope, you go that way, I go that way." Yeah, I actually, I actually did like the way the two ladies get along. Like, yeah, they, they, and, and, they. And the, and the, the yeah. man was saying, oh, crap, now we have to adult each other. Yeah. Yeah, and just, I, I actually really did love the way the ladies do get along and how, you know, I mean, they obviously have different backgrounds because Amanda was just from an average family. And um, chances are Carmen didn't grow up with very much. I don't know if her father was in the picture, but we only see the mother. So it's a good chance that the father wasn't. And 
I mean, she's a single mom, and so she's struggling with her mom and her son and everything. And Amanda really, she's while she works for it, she does have this very privileged life. But underneath, they're actually very much alike. And they can kind of see, they kind I think they kind of see how their husbands are similar and how their husbands really aren't that different from each other as they think they are. And that's why they push them in one direction and say, okay, you need to uh, trust each other and uh, just work together and you will see. And, and we see that in the end of the series as well. Uh, mm -hmm. What we have seen till now is that uh, eventually they became friends. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting too. like when, like we haven't seen much of Carmen's past other than she was with a very dangerous man and had to take Miguel away because of him being dangerous and she didn't want him to know. So we get a mother who's very loving and protective of her child. And Amanda really is the same way too. Like when she, you know, talks to Tori, like she reaches out to her and tries yeah. to say like, You know, I see that you're suffering. I know you don't want help, but let me give you some help. I know you don't like my daughter, but you're still just a child and you're carrying like too much burden. Mm. But at the same time, please stop kicking the crap out of my daughter. Like you can get the sense that they're both very like protective mothers. Mm. Like their children really are a big deal to them. And the funny so thing is in this case is that The two women were standing together and every time one of the husbands were out of line or whatever, they would kick their asses and say, <laughs> hello, that's, you're not that different from each other. That's kind of why I want to see a little bit of Carmen's background because we saw a little bit of Amanda's when she went back to see her cousin Jessica, who we know from the third Karate Kid. So at least now we know how Amanda and Daniel met. But seeing that she had that background as, and even when she told Daniel, like, I wasn't always, you know, a good person. I had my problems growing up and stuff like that. And then we find out she had the nickname of Babe Ruthless for taking a baseball bat to somebody and seeing her start, her get involved in a bar fight That's like her husband did. Yeah, I wanted to tell say that. Oh my God, that bar scene. Oh my God, I was like, I was, what? I know I was I was laughing so hard because I'm like she's just like her husband. Yes, yes. <laughs> the only one she like, didn't have a dojo. Yeah, you know, and it's like you can see where her daughter gets it from too, yes, like Samantha. Yes. Like, <laughs> so I kind of have to wonder how she's going to react to Anthony because I have a feeling Anthony's going to take more of a role, Samantha's mm. brother, in the coming season. Because we know Anthony's getting bullied beyond any reasonable, you know, anything yeah, reasonable yeah, at this yeah. point. So, But, do you have yeah, any, uh, so do you have any favorite characters? Um, actually, uh, well, of course, the original three that are still there. And then I have to say my other favorite would be Chosen. Mm, okay. Which is probably like a lot of the internet because I've noticed Chosen is getting very popular among yeah. people. Yeah, I loved him. It was really I, like... He's like, you can't like, okay, we all hated him in Karate Kid too because, you know, we were supposed to and he did some pretty messed up stuff. Yeah. But seeing him now coming back and helping Daniel and being part of Daniel's family, you know... And seeing how di how different he is, and how yeah, he doesn't believe. That's, that's also the comical note in it. Yeah, his and... his difference as a Japanese uh, teacher, and then coming in America, then I'm thinking, oh my god, did you really do that? <laughs> like the swimming naked, and Amanda walks out and sees him, and. Daniel's just trying to explain to her, like, in Okinawa, this is not a big deal. And he's a very, like, habitual man. He keeps to his habits. You know, or him kept managing to get weapons through the airport. Like, <laughs> it's like, oh how did God, you get yeah. those things? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And his his shirts. I mean, his shirts have become kind of an internet thing in themselves. Like, how loud can his Hawaiian shirts get? <laughs> 
But I like it because it really shows that there's more to this character than we thought, you know, watching him get excited over like American TV shows because he thinks they're so funny. Or his teaching uh, with the children. Yeah. Remember with the egg and that they have to defend it? Yeah. Oh my god, I love my ass about that. And I have to say, like, him leaving the drunken voicemail for Kumiko at the end there. I'm yeah. like, Chosen, you don't, you don't phone them when you're drunk, buddy. Don't do it. <laughs> but I kind of like that they threw that in there because I always wondered if part of his problem with Daniel wasn't just his connect, wasn't just the connection to Mr. Miyagi and Sato, which was Chosen's uncle. I have to wonder if part of it was now the jealousy over Kumiko because we didn't know in the movie, the second movie, that he was in love with her. Mm. That was never stated. And then in this one, it's Johnny that tells him how Chosen confided in him when he was drunk that, yes, I part, I, part of my problem was I was in love with her, but I also tried to kill her, so I don't think she wants me now. Mm. And seeing, like, Chosen and Johnny getting along really close, like, those two kind of, uh, like, Chosen and Daniel, it's more like a respect with each other. Yeah. Whereas Chosen and Johnny is more like, there's an actual, like, bro thing going there. <laughs> Just the way they talk to each other. Like, one of my favorite scenes, and one of my favorite scenes with Chosen, um, is where Johnny, him and Johnny are comparing stories about Daniel. And Johnny's like, well, I saw him flatten a whole hockey team. That's badass. And Chosen looks at him and he goes, I see him save girl from typhoon. And Johnny just kind of gets really quiet and it's like, you know, because that was the big scene where he ran off in the second movie after his uncle was like, okay, this is wrong. We can't, I can't keep hating. And he takes off. Mm. And that, you know, so to see that he truly, that that's what he truly respects Daniel for, was, I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, but him, him and Johnny, you definitely see more of a bromance thing. I mean, they <laughs> like to get drunk and they like to just and be like, you know, entertained. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. But on one hand, but on one hand, I mean, Johnny's kind of what we would consider a bum the way he gets jobs and quits, whereas Chosen is the opposite. He's extremely like disciplined. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would I would have to say Chosen is right up there. Like ever since they brought him back, I'm like, yes, <laughs> he's been he's one of the highlights for me. Yeah, for me too. I was really thinking, oh, what the hell is he doing here? And then. <laughs> All the scenes came and I was thinking, oh, this could be funny. And his talking to Johnny, but also to uh, Daniel, it was so funny in a way because, um, yeah, we as foreigners have to laugh about how he said it and how he mentioned it and uh, that kind of thing. But Chosen, yeah, Chosen is a character that is very special, I guess. Because, um, um, like I said, we have Mr. Miyagi, who is mm -hmm. the centerpiece as in uh, High Sensei. And then we have Chosen. We know Chosen, how he can be. And then he has some kind of a comical relief part in this series. What was really uh, nice. And, um, well... We know all now, of course, you work with uh, special needs children as a teacher. Is there mm -hmm. any of those uh, things we see in um, Cobra Kai is that you use in your classes? Actually, quite a bit. Um, like looking at some of Johnny's and Daniel's teaching methods. I mean, Johnny has the cement mixer and a few other really bizarre ones. But when you look at it, his approach is not too dissimilar to Daniel's. It's just a harder approach in that they're not using anything fancy, but they're kind of inventing their own ways as they go along. Mm -mm. And I mean, for me, a lot of teaching when you're teaching people who are like classified as exceptional, whether it's for physical or behavior or cognitive reasons, a lot of times you're not using the traditional 
mm. materials and the traditional methods, you're having to look around you and go, okay, what can I use that's going to make this make sense? You know, and my, some of my colleagues at the music school I work at, they're always, when they see me, they're always like, what are you doing with that? And I'm like, well, this is how I'm teaching this. Oh, that's different. And I'm going, well, when you have kids who don't necessarily learn the same way, you got to throw the book out. So, I mean, I'm, I'm one of those people, I joke that, um, I can probably turn anything into a teaching tool. And so in that sense, I see that both with Johnny and Daniel, um, they're both adapting what they're doing to, you know, things that are relevant. Like when Daniel trains Robbie in the auto shop, starts training karate, and he's teaching him how to go down, like do the down block. And he does it with the car jack and he's showing him how to do it that way instead of, you know, painting the fence and stuff which was Mr. Miyagi's way. And then you see Johnny with like the cement mixer, mm. you know, he pushes those kids because he knows that even though they don't think they're, they can do it, they can. Mm. I mean, I have to question putting him in a cement mixer, but <laughs> that's definitely a Johnny thing. He would do yeah. something crazy like that. But yeah, just seeing the way the two of them are like, they don't have fancy equipment. They mm. don't have fancy gear. They're literally training with what's around them and making it work as they go. You know, I think it is also very uh, interesting in the way of, um, well, I think there are a lot of people who can learn from that because, uh, like we in the Western world, we always have those fancy things, and there are just people who are saying, okay, just use what you have, and that will be okay. You don't need those fancy stuff. Yeah, it, you know, it's, I kind of like that idea. Plus, I mean, I've used a few of more than a few of like Mr. Miyagi's sayings and stuff like that. Um, you know, just here and there, because like a lot of the things he says applies to everything. Like a lot of his talk about balance is one thing I'm always trying to even sometimes remind parents like, okay, there's got to be a balance. I realize mm. that you want this for your child, but, you know, we have to keep it within what they can reasonably accomplish. Mm. Or, you know, like I've said more than once, Mr. Miyagi's thing, first walk, then fly nature's rule, Daniel. You know, stuff like that. When I get a parent who's like, well, can you make this happen? It's like, well, probably, but... I'm not a wizard! <laughs> yeah, you know, and sometimes... Just having to, like I say, the whole balance thing, like teaching kids that music can be more than just sitting at a piano, just like karate is more than just fighting. It's also, you know, a way for like in Daniel's case, he's also got the meditation aspect. It helps calm him. And he knows when he's out of balance, like Miyagi said, you know, if you're out of balance, your karate will be out of balance. And if your karate's out of balance, you're out of balance. And but so... It's, he expresses his whole life through karate. And for me, I'm trying to give kids, you know, a way to express their life through music. And the disciplines between the two in terms of mental discipline are the same. Like, it take, mm. it, both of them are extremely mentally demanding. But, um, yeah, it's, like, I'd have to say I, I use a lot of their kind of ideas and what they say, but definitely the balance thing. Like, you know, when Daniel's angry in the third movie after the prom and Mr. Miyagi starts getting him to hammer the nails and he's like, why have I got a problem and you always give me work to do? But then after he hammers a few nails, he feels better. Well, to me, that's like, okay, I have a yeah. little guy who's not verbal. He comes in, he's had a bad day. Okay, he needs to hit something to you know, to get it out of his system. Well, let's go get the boom whackers, which are a nice percussion thing. And we'll get out some simple boom whacker tunes and he can pound the sticks on the floor and play his song that way. And then he feels better. Yeah. You know, so in a lot of senses. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of that. Like I, I see, I unintentionally use a lot of that there. And then for my students who are more, you know, more on the, neurotypical side of things and able to handle it like the other day I said to one of my students I'm like 
he wasn't playing the piano loud enough and with enough force. And I'm like, no mercy. You show that that piano is the enemy. The enemy deserves no mercy. And I'm like, I'm quoting Sensei Kreese, like, but he's a fan of the show. So he got it and he thought he it was got funny. It, yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, you want to hit those keys with all the force of, you know, Daniel having to do that punching thing where silver makes his hands bleed. I'm like, okay, do that. Or like Tori having to hit the stones. I'm like, that's the force I want, you know? So, <laughs> but I mean, to be fair, I do find myself using a lot of current pop culture things when I work anyway, just as a way to kind of relate to the kids. So, mm. so um, when that scene came that, Johnny and Daniel uh, were having a fight against Silver. What were your thoughts on that? Um, we knew it had to happen. Like, we knew there had to be a big showdown. But I like that instead of working against each other, against him, they actually managed to work together. To fight, and they both had each other's backs there. And I mean, Silver really doesn't know Johnny. Mm. We only know that we know that Johnny and Crease had like a father son thing going, but we didn't know. But we know Silver didn't know who Johnny was, other than he sees now Johnny as oh well, he's the guy who ditched Crease, so mm. he must be evil. And we know mm. Silver hates Daniel, so it was kind of neat to see. Um, Daniel teaming up with his old bully to defeat another bully. Yeah. yeah. You know, and Johnny, I think, you know, he got to seeing him fight when he saw just how destructive this kind of thing can be. Like, I think Johnny really started to get, you know, why Crease was so horrifically awful. Mm. Because, I mean, Crease and Silver were very much the same. Yeah, it is. But, but, only... but it was... It wouldn't have made sense to have anyone else fight him, like, because Kreese was not there at the time. He was in jail. So it was really up to them. It wouldn't have made sense if it was just Chosen fighting him, you know? Mm. Well, that's what I wanted to say, too. Some of Chosen um, <laughs> reaction at first, I was thinking... Dude, be patient, you know, he went <laughs> right away, and, and, and in one way it was so funny, because he did it all the way, and, and I watched that one uh, from another, um, the, uh, one of the another kid that was growing up now and had a furniture, um, Mike, yeah, Mike, Mike Barnes, and he, he, he uh, beat him up, and then he said, Oh, sorry. <laughs> you know, I was thinking, dude, you just kicked his ass. Yeah, and poor Daniel was trying to stop him. And Chosen's doing it out of, like, this sense of loyalty to Daniel. And he's just, yeah. And Chosen, I'm sorry. Like, what the? <laughs> and then his dry, dry answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, but the, that shows us too, like, it means that Chosen is not totally, you know, we still see he's got the temper there. He's he's still a hothead and he's still impulsive like he was when he was young, mm -hmm. you know, because if he didn't have that side of him, it wouldn't make sense because we don't really know what he does for a job or anything. We just know he's been in Japan and Okinawa, but they never really say what he's been up to this whole time. No, true. And I think... Um, what one thing that is also uh, funny about is that when he comes to America and helps Daniel out, also at, uh, out of loyalty and uh, Mr. Miyagi, uh, we see him getting drunk with <laughs> the the boys. And I was thinking also of Daniel. I was thinking, Daniel, why are you drinking that much? You know, I wouldn't have mm -hmm. thought that behind you. Well. The funny part of uh, Chosen is when he was drunk, he also does things he can't figure it out later that he was saying, oops, okay, did I really do that? And it was like a totally different Chosen. Yeah, and... I have a feeling he, that getting drunk is not something he does very often. <laughs> 
and Daniel too. And and the one thing that they uh, make also nice, what I thought, is that they made Daniel dance salsa. Yes. And I was thinking, oh, that's cool. You know, you could see, yes, he's wealthy. Yes, he has his dojo, etc. But he also is an... And Chosen, by the way, too. Chosen yeah. dance, too. Yeah. And actually... It- funny you mentioned Daniel dancing because I was looking up what he was what the actor did because I'm like why did they pick this skinny wimp to cast across from this huge guy and it turns out that apparently the actor Ralph Macchio was actually a competitive dancer apparently he did like competitive tap dancing so for me I burst out laughing when Johnny's sitting there and he looks at Carmen he goes of course he can dance like (laughs) yeah 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 this guy's everything. He's the whole package. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was it. So, and and that was the funny thing too of, of, of the whole thing in um, the series is that although it is a true deep sense of story in it and also an after story, of course, after the Karate Kids, but it is also like there's so much humor in it, and like, oh, in tradition, but also if you see how he uh, let teach the kids karate, it's so different. And 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 later when uh, the kids from uh, Daniel and Johnny teamed up for this tournament, I was thinking, yeah, now you're going to get somewhere, you know, and. I think that's a valuable lesson for not only children, but also for adults that, um, let's just say, the hatred, there will be a point in your life to let that go because it's done and over and don't have a grudge to each other because it happened to you in, in the past. But, <clears throat> yeah, in all in all, I think they did a really good writing job for the series and yeah they've done amazing with the writing it's just been like it, it's literally like the if it were a book it would be you couldn't put it down type idea yeah it's like addicting yeah but, but i think and that's what i'm saying i was okay i was really skeptical skeptical of the series and then i saw one or two episodes and i was hooked i want to binge it right away and i just stayed watching and now i'm thinking okay I want to know how it ends, you know? And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people uh, will have uh, the same reaction as we did of, oh, uh, they're going to have another Karate Kid series. Uh, What the heck? And they bring old school uh, teachers back and, and that kind of thing. But I think, guys, if you didn't have watched it yet, Please do, because it is, I really can recommend this, because I also thought it wouldn't be good, but it is good. It is, I was actually surprised that it was this good. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I was too, because I was pretty skeptical. I was like, is this going to be, like I say, another tired, like something drawn out that we don't need, another remake for nostalgia's sake? But exactly. to see that, you know... It isn't, and then talking to Marty Cove and finding out that they actually have a strong say in what happens with their characters and how their characters are written, you know, I really like that because I think that's probably why it's so well done. And behind the scenes, they're all really good friends. Yeah, and I think if if they are so involved in the writing, they can uh, act better uh, into the character. And yeah, I must say they are really, really strong characters. They have they, a really strong are. cast. Like they, they're all like there really isn't anyone in there that's a bad character. Like you know, they're all really good characters, and the story is really good. And there's so much yin yang, and now almost like a little bit of the sins of the fathers coming back on their children. But uh, yeah. Exactly, and also like uh, good fa- fears bad, you know, good mm-hmm. fears bad, and I think that is especially what they have done very well is the yin yang 
um, positions in uh, how people are and the Chinese and Japanese are always saying uh, the white can't live without the black and the black can't live without yeah. the white and that's in nowadays it's just like exactly the same yeah and the same with like yeah often we find the sins of the parents get revisited on the kids or as one internet meme put it about cobra kai they said two middle-aged men ignite a karate feud between rival gangs of kids you know yeah exactly <laughs> and that's what i think but I think that makes this series also good because it is something uh, you can identify yourself with uh, no matter where you are and no matter what standard living you have. You can always identify yourself with a character or some of the characters. And yeah, I mean, there's there's always everybody knows like a Miguel, everybody knows like a Tori, everybody knows a Samantha you know stuff like that but and i mean the other thing they've done really well for the most part um is dodged like really bad stereotyping which is kind of nice because i mean you mentioned chosen's reactions and i mentioned to his reactions to everything in america they could have kind of done that over the top and it would have been more ridiculous but they've kind of made it reasonable. Like this is a guy who grew up in a small village in Okinawa. We don't know what he's been or been doing this whole time, you know, and this is his first time in America. So like they, I think they've done his reactions at least quite tastefully and mm. same, same with showing the diversity of the kids, like all the, you know, Eli's Jewish, you know, Miguel is Latino that Daniel's kids are, you know, part Jersey. I'm guessing Italian from the last name LaRusso, mm. you know, part Italian and part whatever their mother is. Mm. So you're seeing, you see that. And even their high school, it's really diverse, but they've stayed away from anything that could be, you know, over the top within the racism aspect mm. or coming across as like racially stereotyping. Yeah. Which I I have to admit I like that because that could, they could have done that so wrong, especially with Johnny being the way he is. But they've kept even the mm. bit of racism he's had. They've kind of kept that within what the character was like. Yeah, exactly. Not so, it's not it's not super over the top. Mm -hmm. So if there is any character of uh, Cobra Kai uh, that you could, I don't want to say rewrite, but uh, say, uh, I would like to, uh, that this character go this way uh, in the series, or maybe you want to write a whole different character, a character that is not mentioned yet, or, uh, in abilities, uh, what would you say what you would change or would like to have in it in the next seasons? That's a tricky one. <laughs> That, that's actually a really tricky one. I think more than, I don't think it's so much that there's one I would want to rewrite, but there is definitely a few where I want to see them fleshed out a little more. Like, I really want to see Anthony fleshed out a bit more, you know, because we're starting to see, like, he starts out as being a minor bully. I mean, he confines his bullying to a little bit of stupidity. And then he realizes how bad he's done wrong and he keeps trying to make it right. Like he does apologize, mm. but he can't seem to make it work with Kenny. And I'd like to see a little bit more of Kenny too. Like, is he just yeah. a rage bag or like, cause we know he's got a brother in juvie. We know he's got a not easy life, but at the same time, we know his brother doesn't want him to wind up like that. Yeah. And he's gone from being slightly bullied to being like, to the point where he's vile. Like he's yeah, tough guy. Yeah, he's committed actual assault at this mm. point, mm. like the toilet scene. Mm. But I really would like to see Anthony develop more because he's up till now. He's either been just kind of there here and there when they needed him or a bit of comic relief. Like, you know, when he orders a drone off of Alexa and his mom's, did you just order a drone? Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, 
they're at the they're at the fancy country club and all of a sudden you hear her anthony stop drinking the butter and i'm like just imagining this because he's a little chubby guy i'm like imagining this chubby kid like upending the butter tub by the lobster and drinking he, it. Uh, he reminds me a lot of that kid in uh stranger things uh yeah. what's his name i can't remember his name now but i think you know I, what i, I mean but with, with the curly hair and yeah. uh What's his name? I can't remember now. But okay, he, he reminded me yeah. of him. At first, uh, when I first saw uh, Anthony, I thought it was him, but I looked it up, I guess. <laughs> so I know it wasn't him. Yeah. And I mean, the other one, I would like to see a little bit more of Carmen because she's been such a big character, but mm. she's one of the few now that we really don't have any backstory on. We've yeah. seen some of Amanda. We've seen the the guys we've even seen what happened to kumiko we've seen what happened to the little girl that daniel saved so it would be nice if we could see sort of you know who carmen really is especially now that she's having johnny's child mm. because i don't want her to just be that you know was, like oh okay. so funny that scene oh my god that was a funny scene then he asked especially johnny's gets... like we use protection um yeah you do know these things are not a hundred percent johnny like and then watching johnny like try to learn how to parent overnight <laughs> yeah and you know and then him i have to wonder him googling you know how to tell my students mom i'm yeah yeah yeah. oh my god that was so funny but i must confess his attempting to be a father for the two boys. That's memorable. It, you know, it is. And I, I do like that despite the fact that Miguel and Robbie have had their issues, yeah. which I mean, their issues completely make sense for, because Robbie, for Robbie, he was never there. Mm. And for, you know, and whereas he was there for Miguel and then seeing Carmen, you know, what in that scene where they come in for dinner and she tells Robbie, yes, you're welcome here. You know, mm. and then she kind of looks at their bruised faces and mm. he's like, you know, he's like, it's over. I did not do that to them. <laughs> but, you know, that but, so I kind of like to see a little bit more about Carmen, because I think she's one that we need to know a little bit more about. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. So we have to wait what's uh, in that season. And I yeah. think it's it's coming out soon, right? I can't um, remember. I think they've announced it for sometime next year, but I'm not sure. Because mm. okay. I know the actor who plays Miguel, he's supposed to go on to be the Blue Beetle or something in that franchise. So mm. there's only going to be so much longer they can use him if that's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but... oh, I have to say one of my other things in this. I I laughed at the Top Gun scene. Oh, God, when, yeah. Especially because we just had Maverick come out. And I mean, I know what I like that the Top Gun scene in Top Gun is just so like Mm. homoerotic. It's not even funny, you know, and it's so silly. And then Carmen's whole fantasy is Johnny as like the Top Gun. (laughs) Spice up your sex life when you say that. (laughs) Yeah. You know, meanwhile, Johnny's fantasy looks like exactly what we expect. You know, it's wild and raging. and But yeah, her doing the whole Top Gun thing, I'm like, oh my god. Like, yeah, that was I, funny. I, I actually rewound that scene a couple times just to laugh at it because it was just so funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think we have covered a lot. Is there anything you think you'd like to add? Um, only other thing would be, ha- I do like how they've reused a lot of the original songs. Yeah. Like Miguel and Samantha's first date, we have the song that played on Daniel and, um... Amanda. What's her name? No, not Amanda, Allie. Daniel and Allie's first date. Mm. When they go to the golf and stuff and the song mm. is playing. And they've reused a lot of the same songs in a lot of the same context. I kind of like that. Yeah. Now you'd mentioned it, yeah, they did, yeah, that's, that's really wonderful, yeah, it's, um, uh, but, so, um, 
I'm going to take a look at my notes because the rating on IMDb for this series is an 8.5. What will you rate this? I'd rate it well over 9. Yeah. I I rarely agree with IMDb anyway, but yeah, I would <laughs> rate it over 9. I would rate it well over 9. Like I would rate it like a 9.4, 9.5 cuz there are mm. some things that are kind of not the greatest and some things mm. that we still need to see, but yeah. it's been a solid show like Yeah. Absolute. And I think it's surprised everyone who haven't seen it yet because uh, yeah, like you said, sometimes you think uh, the part after that of uh, part two or part three uh, is very bad. But mm-hmm. this is really good. They really have done a good job. Yeah. No, it's been an amazing show. And honestly, I can't wait for the next season. Mm. Um, uh, you know, we've got Crease out on the run. We've got Silver going to jail. It. We've got Chosen and Kumiko, like, what's she going to do when she gets that very drunken message? <laughs> yeah. We've got the baby We've got the baby on the way. Like, I really want to see where this is going to end up. And mm. I have a feeling, like, I have a feeling this next season is going to be, like, the first ones where there isn't in any episode you can hate. Mm. Yeah. Wow. But I, I wish they'd get to it already. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. I uh, I think we both will binge watch it right away when it comes out. Oh, yeah. I will definitely be binge watching it right away. I can't help it. I mean, I was at a I was at my Christmas party um, for the music school and I was wearing my Eagle Fang shirt. Mm-hmm. And some person, one person says to me, but eagles don't have fangs. And two other people in the room cracked up laughing because of the line from the show. It's like, well, it's badass. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but it so, is nice uh, that you, as music teacher, also can uh, talk to the kids uh, in movies and quotes from mu- movies, etc. Because they will understand it. Well, yeah, and I mean, if we look at like what I mean, I kind of use what I like, and a lot of the shows I like are the ones that are heavy on like pop culture references, like Futurama. I mean, mm. I can sit there and watch that show for days, picking out this, that, and everything else they refer to. Mm. So seeing the references come up in Karate Kid all the time, and then also seeing a little bit of the generational thing, like when Johnny's driving Uber and the girls are, put on Billie Eilish, and so he cranks Billy Idol, you know, because he doesn't know the difference. <laughs> but, you know, so to me, sometimes I feel that way too when I'm teaching. Like, I'll get kids where I'm just like you think this is music or you think this is like I had one she and or even like fashion I had one she came in wearing I don't know what it was and I'm she's like isn't it fashionable and I'm like okay in 20 years you're gonna look back and go why did I wear this did my parents let me out looking like this so I mean even for that too like I get the bit of the generational thing so I'm laughing when I see that Mm, because sometimes I feel that way like okay, I like, this is cool now. Like, sometimes I yeah. feel a little bit like Johnny, like I'm not keeping up. Mm, yeah, I understand that. Yeah. Um, well, Eve, thank you a lot again for uh, joining me. It was nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me again. And uh, who knows soon we can uh, take talk again for this podcast thank you very much and uh till another time thank you dear listeners thank you for listening and join me in two weeks for a new episode of Aranda talks the next episode is about hocus pocus 2 you can listen subscribe and comment to Aranda talks on the youtube channel or join the facebook group i also like to tell you about my other podcast called girls talking track Ghost Talking Track is a podcast hosted by two female trackers who will recap every two weeks an episode of Star Trek, starting with TNG. All the episodes will be recapped and chronically following. Ghost Talking Track is also to listen, follow and subscribe on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or on your favorite podcast app. Every 10th episode will be a video episode 
so you guys can see us when we talk about the episode. We also have a YouTube channel and a Facebook group where you can comment on the episode. I will see you in two weeks.